0: Sports Talk Mississippi on your radio and in the game right here on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: Friday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Glad to have you along for the ride. Richard Cross, Michael Borkey, Brian Haydad. Kind of a normal day in Sports Talk Mississippi world, uh, and maybe more normal than it has been since uh, the middle of March because we have actual games from one of the major sports in the United States, not to take away from MLS or Korean baseball, or NASCAR, or anything else. But America's pastime began last night. Yes, it is a different season. It is a different type season. It is only 60 games. It is a sprint this year. It is not a marathon. But real, live baseball, one game that was uh, finished early after just six innings because of rain in the Washington, D.C. area. The Yankees beat the Nationals 4-1 to was the final in that one. And uh, you had the Dodgers winning over the Giants That game was tight until late in the game And then the Dodgers blew it wide open And I think it was the 7th inning Kind of got a little foggy I made it all the way to the end of the game But it uh, was in and out at the uh, end So some Major League Baseball to get into this afternoon Some football news to get to as well But first of all, uh, we want to begin by saying thank you for yesterday Another great day with our eighth annual Palmer Home for Children Radiothon on Super Talk, Mississippi. Got started with Gallo yesterday morning at six. We were able to wrap things up at six last night. $276,000 and change. And oh, by the way, until Sunday at midnight, the auction is still live at supertalk.fm/slash auction. So if you would like to bid on one of the items, that is in the online auction. You can do that online at supertalk.fm slash auction that will give us a chance to uh, maybe get over $300,000 before it is all said and done. Uh, Your generosity once again yesterday was staggering and uh, continues to be that uh, that way on a year-in and year-out basis. Fellas... What's up? How are you, Borky? Uh,
2: we didn't mention it yesterday because it wasn't exactly the day to do it. But in the year 2020, with everything that's gone on, and uh, what is it, 40% or more people have at least lost some percentage of their income. To still have a day like yesterday is remarkable.
1: It really was. It was. It was uh, just, you know, just goes to show the generosity that uh, continues to be out there on a, a year-in, year-out basis. Pretty fun day yesterday, hey, Dad
0: yeah it was a lot of time a lot of a lot of good times a lot of uh, good people to talk to we raised a lot of money for a great cause and you know i'm, I'm always glad to be a part of that we had a lot of fun
1: Certainly we are glad to be with you. The C Spire text line is open, 601-879-4395, 601-879-4395. Bull, there is a lot of it in wireless, but C Spire thinks you deserve a plan that's actually what it says. So here's the real deal, the best plan for one or two lines, $45 each with auto pay and paperless billing. No bull, com uh, again, that number is 601-879-4395 If you would like to jump in and be a part of the conversation this afternoon So, Borky, you had the shortest ride home last night It was a little longer for Haydad and me uh, I listened to Yankees Nationals on my way home Haydad, don't know if you did or not I, I do know because I texted you late that uh, you were watching uh, Dodgers Giants Once you made it back to uh, made it back to Starkville last night Baseball so season good. is finally
0: here. And, and it felt like baseball season with the Giants getting absolutely throttled by the Dodgers, unable to scrape anything across offensively, making stupid mistakes. Feel, I mean, it feels like July baseball to me.
1: Base running was not great. Uh, was I, I texted well. you that at one uh, one particular point.
0: That was when they, uh, they got caught in the rundown.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Just not, a not big
1: wide turn at third base for no apparent reason at all, but it it fell apart with the bullpen because this was a, so. The Giants had a one to nothing lead early. Yeah. It was one to one. Was it into the seventh inning that it was still it was one in to the one? Sixth,
0: I think. Yeah.
1: Okay. It was, it was sixth, in sixth inning, and then the floodgates open, and yeah. the Dodgers ultimately win the game eight to one. But it got out of hand when they uh, they gave up what uh, five runs. Yeah, it was in the bottom of the seventh. Five runs in the bottom of the seventh. Two more in the bottom of the eighth. And the final score is uh, a little deceiving. And it was your boy, Tyler Rogers, the uh, um, low submarine guy. And look, anybody wearing a Giants uniform is your my boy, boy, hey, Dad.
0: All right, all right, I'll, I'll take that.
1: Yeah, uh, Tyler Rogers got uh, got roughed up last night. In two-thirds of an inning, gave up three hits and four earned runs, did not walk a batter, did not strike out a batter. Not a great
0: opening day for him. He's he's not Chad Brad he's no Chad Chad Bradford I guess you know in terms of that funky motion being effective. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, did you watch? I'd say any it's gonna baseball? be a long year, but it's only it's only sixty games. It's not even gonna be that long. <laughs> not gonna be that. But here's the thing.
1: All right, Vorky. So another thing, it was just a massive story that we obviously didn't have a chance to get into yesterday. Major League Baseball, literally a couple of hours before its season began, and there was some debate as to whether or not there was a deadline by first pitch of Game One or not. Uh, John Heyman was uh, reporting that uh, there was. Rob Manfred said, no, we don't have to, but whatever. They decided on expanded playoffs. There are 30 teams in Major League Baseball. 16 of them are going to make the playoffs, more than 50% of the league. The first-place and second-place teams in every division will make the playoffs. And then the seventh-best record and the eighth-best record will Or, or or the I'm sorry for the number seven and number eight spots in both sides. The next two best records, regardless of division, are going to be in the playoffs. And the first round of the playoffs is going to be a best two out of three series. It's going to be a wild way if we're able to get through the sixty game season and get into the postseason to ultimately determine a champion.
2: Yeah, and I'm not exactly a purist. I like the idea though, especially I think it makes the most sense, right? Because you just uh, raise the flag of a World Series champion who was way out at the 60 game point last year. So since it's, it's such an abnormal season and 100 fewer games, it, I think it makes the most sense to have more teams make the playoffs because you didn't have as much time to separate yourself from somebody else in your division. I know more than half a league making the playoffs kind of delegitimizes the playoffs, but this is a unique year. And I think it makes a lot of sense to expand your playoff when, in a sport like baseball, you don't have near as much time to separate yourself as a better team than your opponent.
1: I thought on the uh, the broadcast of the Giants Dodgers game last night, um, Tim Kirchin made uh, a pretty interesting point, and he is a baseball purist. I mean, he he's one of those the sanctity of 162 game regular season guys, and that's fine. I mean, that, those, those people certainly are out there. And, you know, probably somewhere in the middle is where I fall. I, I, I like the, the tradition and the, the rhythm of a long Major League Baseball season, but I'm okay with, uh, with some change along the way as well. But he made the point that if you run away with your division over the course of 162 games, then it's really not fair to have to turn around and win two out of three. In a three-game series, anything can happen. And it's not really fair for you to be bounced from the playoffs with that quick of a turnaround. And, and I think there is a legitimate point there. But Eduardo Perez, who actually played and played at a really high level, said, I like it. It gives, <laughs> and his point was, there are two things. One, you keep teams engaged. And for example, hey dad, the San Francisco Giants, who I think finished seven games below 500 last year, would have played the last two weeks, three weeks, month of the season differently than they did if there had still been a legitimate chance for them to get to the playoffs. And then the other oh. piece of that is you keep fans engaged. You don't mail it in on your team if you're a San Francisco Giants fan or you're a Mets fan or you're a Phillies fan, you know, teams that were just on the outside looking in last year because your team still got a chance to get to the postseason. And so maybe you stick with it a little longer.
0: Maybe. We'll see with this year. But uh no, your 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 overriding point is correct. It will keep people engaged and this is a year, you know, you talk about baseball purists. This is not their year, man. It's just not gonna be a good year for, for a baseball purist. They need to do a bunch of different stuff. You know, it's it's gonna look weird. Somebody I, I, I am maybe hot taking it. I feel like somebody's gonna hit four hundred this year. I feel like that's gonna happen. The Cy Young winner is probably gonna go six and two. But they gotta do what they gotta do, you know, and, and it it worked. Borky, I know you're a, uh, I know you're a ratings guy. Last night, the most the the, the Yankees uh, national game, if I'm reading this right, the most watched game in three years of MLB uh, on any network.
2: Yeah. The the highest viewership count since 2011. I mean, yeah, regular season insane. only. Regular season highest watched regular season Major League Baseball game in almost a
0: decade. On any network.
2: Four million people watched it last night.
0: That's a phenomenal number for baseball. What is Lakers Clippers going to get next week? I mean, my gosh. gosh.
1: It's going to be a really big number. It's (laughs) It's going to be a really big number. And you've got the the scrimmages that are happening inside the bubble in the NBA, and it's kind of a cool look with the way they've built those courts out. We'll get into that this afternoon with you. Look, we're not always a baseball show. But we got real live sports we are today. happening. The Atlanta Braves are playing. They've got a runner on first. His name is Freddie Freeman with uh two outs in the top of the first inning, opening their season at the Mets. We'll give you the full rundown. Of what's happening today, this is Sports Talk, Mississippi. Mike Soroka taking the mound for the Atlanta Braves in the bottom of the first inning. He went fifteen and five last year with a one one five whip. Braves had a base runner but could not score in the top of the first inning. They're headed to the bottom of the first at City Field in Queens, just across from Manhattan. Real live baseball happening today. Here's the lineup for the. Um, not the lineup for the Braves, but the lineup for games that are uh, are happening today. you got a bunch of them, and it's going to be fantastic. Also, something we'll get into this a little bit later. I don't know if you guys have seen this story or not, but Fox's plan for how they are going to televise baseball, and I think they've got a quadruple header on television tomorrow, is going to look different than what you're seeing on ESPN or on your local broadcasts. ESPN, by the way, blacked out where I am in North Mississippi because this is Braves country and whatnot, so I had to find Fox Sports South to uh, be able to watch the Braves and the Mets. So here's so what what's happens if today. you don't
2: have Fox Sports South, though? You just simply can't watch the game since it's blacked out on ESPN if your provider yeah, you, does not offer that channel.
1: And and I think, Borky, you're even blacked out on the MLB app. Man, that's so bad. Yeah. Yep. feel like they could have gotten that right for uh, this year, but they didn't, so... We carry on. Braves-Mets bottom of the first right now, a couple of hours away from Tigers and Reds. Reds in a different era were the traditional first game of the year, and baseball purists are still mad that that's not always the case. Blue Jays at the Rays. Looks like the Blue Jays, Canada's team, are going to be playing the majority of their home games in Buffalo. Their first home game is not scheduled Uh, until Wednesday of next week. They will open in Tampa Bay. Brewers at the Cubs, that's at 6 o'clock on ESPN. Marlins at Phillies, Royals at Indians, Orioles at Red Sox, that one's on ESPN Plus if you want to watch it. Uh, Rockies and Rangers, Twins and White Sox, Pirates and Cardinals from Bush Stadium tonight at 7.15. The Mariners are at the Astros, that game's at 8.10, on MLB Network, Diamondbacks are at the Padres, Giants, and Dodgers. is at 8.40 tonight. ESPN, first look at Mike Trout this year, as the Angels will be at the Athletics. So that's the lineup of baseball games that are happening today. I want to go to the C Spire text line. There are a couple of interesting messages that I think we should start with today. Darren and Jackson... By the way, 601-879-4395 if you want to be a part of the show. I'd love to hear from you. Darren says, as a sports starved as I am, sadly I won't be watching any baseball or football if they are kneeling. I know they won't miss me. I wore my country's uniform for 10 years, and I won't respect spoiled millionaires who won't respect a country that afforded them the ability to become millionaires. I'll just get my sports from sports talk only. Darren, we... Uh, First of all, thank you for your service. Secondly, thanks for being a listener. We're, we're glad to have you, and hopefully um, you'll stick with us. So, so let's marry that with um, one other message that we got. Hogman said he wants to know what we think about the Black Lives Matter symbol on the bound. So I think we can kind of roll these two things in, into one discussion. First of all, I would prefer that the Black Lives Matter logo not be on the back of the mound. And here's why. The organization, like the official organization, Black Lives Matter, um, I think largely is a hate group. It's not about equality and justice. They have very, very strong... Ideas that are about revolt and destruction and other things along those lines. Now, let's make a clear delineation between the official organization Black Lives Matter and the concept of Black Lives Matter. I'm 100% on board with the concept that Black Lives Matter. The, the, the phrase, just as it stands, because of course they do. And there are a lot of good things that hopefully are coming out of uh, a raised level of awareness that we need to do some things to level the playing field for all Americans. And, and so, while I am on board with the concept fully of Black Lives Matter, the organization itself, I am could, could not be more against what they are promoting. And the problem that I see is so many people don't know the difference in the two. And that's the reason that I would prefer not to see that logo on the back of the mound. Now, Darren, I I understand what you're saying about not wanting to watch because of kneeling, and I respect that opinion. 100% I respect that opinion. But that's not where I am on this, and it's because I love sports so much. I want to watch the games. I think Haydad will jump on board with that. I want to watch the football games. I want to watch the baseball games. I want to watch these guys who are the best at what they do participating at a high level. I do not like kneeling during the national anthem. I understand why it's happening, but my preference would be a different form of protest, which is what the majority of the players yesterday did leading up to the start of those two games, Yankees-Nationals and Dodgers-Giants. They had the long black cloth that they stretched basically from foul pole to foul pole, and all of the players knelt holding that cloth as kind of a symbol of unity and speaking out about social injustice and, and whatnot. And then the majority of the players stood at attention for the national anthem. Some are going to continue to kneel I think it's their right to do that, whether I agree with it or not. But ultimately, I'm sticking with it because I want the games. I have so missed them for four and a half months. Baseball was supposed to be our good old friend, kind of like your, your dog, that's just there with you every day. And it hasn't been. And now it is. And for the next three months, I'm going to enjoy the heck out of Major League Baseball. Sorry, guys. I used a lot of that time. Jump in, whatever you think. Oh no! It, well said. Um, I, I read an interesting
2: article today. Mark Cuban actually tweeted it, and it was an article trying to describe the difference between the organization and so, and and just the phrase itself. And basically, the motivation for sharing the article was when you see it on our courts next week. No, it's not a support of the ideals of the organization, but a support of the phrase and and the movement that way. That was the the genesis of this article. And and that kind of spoke to me, and that's why I replied to Hogman on the the text line, where seeing it on the mound, I didn't even think twice about it last night because I know the reason why it was put there was not because Major League Baseball supports things that the organization itself, the leadership structure in the organization supports. I know they're putting that there because they are – in support of the phrase and what it means on the surface. And so I didn't think twice about it after that. But you cannot expect everybody to look at that and be able to separate the two because they're so in line with each other, right? It's the exact same thing. And it's tough. I'm going to keep watching. I'm going to watch the NBA when it starts next week, and that phrase is going to be on their court. And it's it's not going to bother me because – I'm okay with one of the Bosa brothers, I forget which one, who had a bunch of pro-Trump tweets that he had to take down because of backlash. I'm okay with him wearing a red Make America Great Again hat and tweeting whatever he wants. It doesn't bother me the same way uh, having a player go to a Black Lives Matter rally. It doesn't bother me either. I couldn't care less. You Do what you want to do that makes you happy. As long as the games are on, I'm going to watch them. But when you it's, align yourself with that phrase, even though it's different than the, the organization, you can't expect everybody to separate the two. And because of that, it, in a way, you are aligning yourself with the statements that are made by the organization. And that is not a road you want to go down.
0: It could say Brian Haydad sucks on the back of the mound. I don't care. I don't care about any of this. I just want to watch the games. I I'm I'm even more away from this than Richard is. I just don't care. I don't care. I, I thought uh I think uh Mike in Oxford, by the way, this is a good point. The stadiums are empty. Why are they playing the national anthem? Just why? It's tradition. Well okay, baseball purists, we're sitting here with all this other stuff. You could change something else too.
1: I I mean what we're talking about. Okay. Tongue in cheek, perhaps, because of viewership numbers and audience sizes, but it's America's pastime. And playing the national anthem before sporting events, I, I I don't I honestly don't know the genesis of when that began. Should should probably look that up and read a little bit more about it. But I like it. And and to me the national anthem is a very personal thing. I, I don't know. I think probably some people stand there, and they just space out because, well, it's the national anthem, and I'm supposed to stand there, and maybe you put your hand on your heart, and maybe you don't, and I've probably been guilty of that at times along the way, but that's not how I approach it. I I use that specific time to think about uh, my wife's cousin, who is in the Army flying helicopters, and some of my family members and the men and women who are willing to sacrifice that that's what i focus on during the national anthem and i think it's a very personal time of reflection so i don't know i'm i'm glad they still play it but do what you want to do sports talk mississippi more with you after this Mets and Braves scoreless in the bottom of the I'm second no inning. Nation. you realize Mike Soroka was 7-1 and one on the road as a starter last year? Really good season last year. Mets have got a runner on first with one out in the bottom of the second inning. Uh, if you watched baseball last night, one of the things you noticed was um, people are calling them cardboard, probably corrugated plastic cutouts. Makes them waterproof. All in the stands. And we've talked a little bit about that—that that, you know you could get that. Hey, Dad, we talked about the fact that uh, we could have put your picture in the seat somewhere at the uh, at the Giants' ballpark. Okay. And what did you think of them?
0: Uh, it's just another one of those things, you know. I just—I'm I'm really not paying attention to it. Uh, I mean, they're funny, you know. It would be—it would be cool to have my my picture up there in at, at San Fran, but you know, at the end of the day, it's just it's just wonderful. My daughter who doesn't care about sports one lick thought it was hilarious though.
1: Yeah. Um
2: Borky, did you watch last night? I did. Yeah, first game uh, more so than the, the second game. Got a, a bit of an early bedtime. That was a late first pitch, but uh and I'm not a big baseball guy. I enjoyed watching it though. I don't hate baseball. It's just not choice number 1. I loved watching, but what kept killing me during the game And I appreciate trying to make it feel like it's a regular game. But the piped-in crowd noise, whoever was hitting the buttons, was really bad at their job. (laughs) I mean, there were (laughs) multiple times on, like, a routine foul ball where the guy would hit, like, loud cheers. And so the guy would just foul one off, and it would go, you know, into the seats behind him, and suddenly you'd hear a crowd roar. It's like, well, come on, man. Just don't hit that button. Just leave the crowd murmur what it is. If they adjust that, it'll be better because last night it felt really choppy and almost like you were receiving audio from a different game than the one you were watching. And so if they clean that up, it'll be better. But last night, that stood out to me. It's just That was so bad, and they didn't need it.
1: I thought the crowd noise, whoever was pressing the button for the Dodgers-Giants game last night was, was better was mostly accurate and kind of lined up with what was happening. Uh, one of my favorite tweets was it really would have been funny if with the uh the cutouts behind home plate for the uh the Dodgers game, the Giants game, sorry, it just was at Dodger Stadium. It had. It is. Fine.
2: Uh well, it, it, it looks like the Giants didn't really show up anyway, so.
1: Yeah. It, if they had waited until the 3rd inning to put the cutouts in place and then pulled them out <laughs> at the end of the 6th.
0: <laughs> my favorite that, that tweet whole was the, the arrive they, late so, leave
1: early thing. For the somebody
0: they showed the concourse with everything being closed, and somebody had a picture of it. And said the only correct way to eat a Dodger dog, and it was just, don't eat one.
1: Mm. Um. So, did you see what Fox is going to do?
0: They are with the going virtual fans.
1: They're going virtual fans, and they're going to be in the home team's paraphernalia, and they're going to wave their arms and cheer and uh, put noise with it as well. And the story that I read last night says that the NFL is watching closely and that this developed technology has kind of been in conjunction with the NFL. And so, what you see on Fox's games, both Big Fox and FS1 tomorrow, will have virtual fans in the stands to go around with the crowd, uh, along with the crowd noise, and that this may kind of be a test run. Not that Major League Baseball is a guinea pig. But we just haven't gotten to the NFL yet, and this may be what you see when the NFL season rolls around. You've seen some of the the videos of it, haven't you? Yeah, it's pretty good. It looks pretty
2: good. I mean, not completely abnormal. It's clearly not real fans, but it's not bad. It's different than the NBA's, though. Did you see what they're doing? So they haven't done it yet. Scrimmages have been going on, and you've seen some images from that. But they set up basically baseline to baseline, if you haven't seen a picture yet, of just... Video boards, big video boards. And what they're doing for the regular games is they gave each team a chance to get 300 of their fans and, like, players' family and stuff too. And they will be in front of a screen, like at home, watching a non-delayed feed of the game. And so if you're the home team, I think they'll do it with both teams' fans too, though, they will be on this video board Watching the game, reacting in real time, and their audio will be played over the speakers on the court. So it's only 300 people, but that you will see their faces watching the game, and you will hear their audio when good or bad things happen. Careful. I know, right?
1: <laughs> careful.
2: <laughs> you got to be careful. But it, I thought that was such a. I mean, kudos to whoever thinks of stuff like that and making the best of a bad situation. But could you imagine being a season ticket holder for the Memphis Grizzlies and the team calls you and they say, hey, look, you know, I I know we lost all of our home games, but come up to the arena and we'll put you in a special seat where you watch a live feed of the game and John Morant will hear you when you're for him." Hey, how cool is that? Or the other way around. Oh, yeah. Or or when when you cuss him, but hey, that makes a natural environment, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think the look at uh, at Disney inside the bubble that they've got for these games is, is pretty good. Um, as opposed to so if you watch uh Battle for Atlantis, the uh, the basketball tournament that happens around Thanksgiving, the college tournament that is at the Atlantis Resort in the Bahamas and you watch one of the uh, the bad games. Like like not when, you know, Michigan's playing North Carolina or or Virginia's playing Wisconsin and the it's full but like One of the games with like the undercard teams, if you will, there's nobody in there, and it's like just a big empty ballroom with a few fans scattered. And I was afraid that's what it was going to feel like with no fans in the stands in the NBA. But good grief, you know, we we talked about the what 180 million dollars that it's costing the NBA. Well, a big part of that money, not a big part, but a significant part of that money, is wrapped up in video boards that stretch 94 feet sideline to sideline and what, 42 or 45 feet, whatever it is, across, you know, corner to corner on both baselines, that are 10, 12, 15 feet tall. And they've got the same setup in, in two courts, but it looks really, really cool. On the end zones, you know, in the, the behind the baskets, you got cheerleaders' images that are up there, and, and it's just really well done. And I think it's going to be a pretty decent viewing product, or, or product for us to view when it uh, ultimately comes on television
2: added a bunch of cameras. I think they're they're going to have 20 different cameras and camera angles. I saw one during a scrimmage where, and I, I'm i one of those people that doesn't like when you play with camera angles. Give me the ones you've always had because I'm used to it, but they had one yes. where a camera guy was was basically sitting on the floor and had like this court side angle where you were basically sitting on mid court watching a play develop from behind it just innovative camera angles and stuff that some people like. I can't stand it, but at least they're trying to do something unique and give you a viewing experience like you're there.
1: Uh, C Spire text line 601-879-4395. Glad they can't hear me sitting at home with a 12-pack cussing at the TV. Does this mean <laughs> fans at home will have to wear clothes?
2: <laughs> They've got to have clothes on. I think... Uh I forget exactly how they're doing it You either have to go to the arena Or or their facility or something like that Because you're getting a a non-delayed feed Into the arena So you can react in real time So you've got to have a special setup It's not like you can just get on Skype or something And watch it that way
1: Mike in Oxford says The Superdome invented the virtual fan thing With their randomly colored seats
0: Place (laughs) always looks full Saints fans also invented the idea of wearing masks
1: Yes they did what was that late 80s into the early 90s?
0: Really, 70s and 80s into the early 90s? Late 70s, early 80s. Yeah. Yeah. By the yeah, 90s, was, you know, you had they, they were in the playoffs, you know, 88 and, and 90,
1: 91. Okay. Mid 90s, though, the bags made a bit of a comeback and those made a colored, bit of a multicolored comeback. seats were on display.
0: Those, 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 the Ditka years. Yeah. Um,
1: if you want to uh, be part of the show, you can on the C Spire. Text line 601-879-4395. So the two games that were played last night, we talked a little bit about the uh, the game with the Giants and the Dodgers. Uh, so let's just dig a little bit deeper into that game. You had a scratch. Uh, Clayton Kershaw was supposed to start the game, had some back soreness, was put on injured reserve right before the game began. And as a result, you got uh, Dustin May as the starter. He went four and a third, gave up seven hits, but only allowed one run in the game. Johnny Cueto, four innings, five hits, one earned run for the Giants last night. Were you pleased with how uh, Cueto pitched?
0: Yeah, I thought he's been, been off for so long, you know, battling injuries. Uh, yeah, I thought he I thought he looked okay. You know, obviously a little first game rustiness, but I feel like he'll be all right. You know, he's he's a decent frontline number one starter at this point.
1: Huge game last night for uh, Kiki Hernandez for the Dodgers. He drove in five runs in the ballgame. He was four for five with two runs scored and five runs batted in, including a home run last night. Uh, He's hitting 800 early in the season, and so uh, Hernandez, awfully good start last night. Um, You look at the order for the Giants, and you got some pretty familiar names and then you got some guys that you never heard of before, also. Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah, you, you recognize,
0: fan,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you you certainly recognize Pablo Sandoval, and you recognize Hunter Pence, and you recognize uh, Yastrzemski, uh, but you got some some guys on there that are relatively new and untested. We'll see how that works out for the Giants, who also have a new manager this year. When we come back, we'll take a look at uh, the first game that was played. It lasted only six innings. A couple of pretty darn good pitchers on the mound. Uh, that big contract doesn't look so bad for Garrett Cole. Complete game, one-hit shutout. Oh, not right. Not a, he, he gave up a run. Gave up a solo home run. Complete game, one-hitter in his debut. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you streaming at supertalk.fm. We mentioned the, uh, the ratings for Yankees Nationals on ESPN. The national ratings last night over 4 million people watched. In San Francisco last night, Giants Dodgers drew a 6.9 rating, highest rating nice. for a regular season game in that market since 2013. Thank you. Hey, Dad. You're welcome sophomore
0: for the win it felt good after all these weeks we haven't had anything like that to talk about we haven't had one of those it felt good yeah it's pretty remarkable and my question is will baseball continue
2: to be like this when everything else starts happening now luckily for them I mean it doesn't appear like college football is going to start on time with the ACC's news we'll probably talk about later they're going to delay the start of their season I mean that's inevitable And if they delay the start of their season and they're still working with the SEC, you might expect the SEC to do the same, although that's getting way ahead of my skis. The point is, other things are going to start happening. You've got the NBA coming back next week. They're going to have regular season games and then playoffs. And and NFL training camp is starting soon. They're going to start playing in September. Can baseball maintain these massive numbers? Like, is the interest still going to be there when other sports start going on?
1: I, Jane and I were talking this morning. she went to sleep at like nine thirty last night and I said, all right, I'm going to my office. just sit up there and watch baseball until midnight, which is exactly what I did and then hung with sports Center for a little while after it was over to you know catch some highlights. Um, and I had not I don't think we turned the television on the entire time we were on vacation. so I hadn't seen any of the highlights. I wanted to see what the the NBA inside the bubble gyms looked like. Uh, and so it's kind of why I hung with it as well. But I told her this morning when we were talking, It's just so frustrating. And and I'm not going to be frustrated. I'm glad that baseball's back. I'm going to watch it. I can choose what I want to watch. But baseball, which has dwindled in terms of fan support nationally, not regionally, but nationally, over the course of the last 15 years or so, had this unbelievable opportunity to do a month or six weeks worth of ratings like we saw last night. Because nothing else was going on. But they, mm, there were a number of profane words that immediately popped into my head. Uh, they compli- uh, complained and whined. They, uh, you know, back and forth on Twitter about, oh, no, we're not playing. Oh, we're going to play this. Time. And, and ultimately, still didn't come to an agreement. It was no. ultimately the owners just set the season and now we're playing. And man, I, I don't know if you guys saw it or not, but Major League Baseball put out an oh no, it wasn't Major League Baseball. It was Oh, it was one of the national writers who wrote it and John Hamm voiced it. I retweeted it yesterday. The the baseball welcome back friend, welcome back old friend video. I had tears. Well up in my eyes when I was watching that yesterday morning because I was so excited that baseball was back. And I don't care if you laugh at me for having tears about baseball being back. That was me. I'm owning it. It was great. And they had a chance to capture an audience that has gone the other way. There's no guarantee they would have been able to hold on to that audience, but they had a chance to try, and instead they jacked around for... Four months and then finally, so so what have we got? We got baseball. All by itself for a week instead of a month or six weeks. And so you- enjoy what you get, Major League Baseball. People are going to rave about you for a week. And then the diehards will stick with you. And you sold
2: Another shining example of how much of a disaster that negotiation was. I remember last week everybody was writing columns about how the NFL dragged their feet and took too long, and I can't believe they didn't have an agreement in place. It's basically done. They're all good. They figured it out. Didn't really deal with it publicly. Happened over the course of a couple of weeks, and the NFL training camp's good to go. Financial agreements. Everything's
1: basically done. Yeah. Good for them. Glad they've gotten it worked out. Figure out a way to get it done. Major League Baseball couldn't do that. I was talking with a friend yesterday, and he said uh, he gave me some background. He said, you know, one of the first nationally, um, fantasy football leagues happened at a small country club in Arkansas. And he said, I'm. He said it was exceptionally well run. It was a great league. And he said to me. The Forest City Country Club Fantasy Football League in 1988 was a better-run organization <laughs> than Major League Baseball <laughs> under the leadership of Rob Manfred.
2: Didn't stop A-Rod from uh, pumping him up all night last oh. night, did it? How was that?
0: Uh, Going to be his boss soon? Yeah. yeah,
2: you think A-Rod's trying to buy our team or what? ESPN just let that air out on, on their station just... Watch A-Rod lobby the commissioner for his
1: ownership of a team. Live and in front of millions. Ain't life grand. Sports Talk Mississippi, one hour in the books with you on this Friday. Welcome back, old friend. Friday afternoon with you, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross... Michael Borke, Brian Haydad. Be honest, your business deserves better, so get better with the Seaspire Business Internet and Phone Bundle backed by Real Support. The IT experts at Seaspire equip your organization with reliable high speed internet and industry leading VoIP phone systems plus 24 7 local support so you can focus on your goals. They've got connectivity covered. See how Seaspire can power your success. Today at ceasefire.com slash business. Ceasefire text line 601 879 4395. 601 879 4395. We got a text at the beginning of the show from Tony, from Clara, who said, would like to hear your latest thoughts on what our college football season will look like. How many games? When will it start? Same playoff system, etc. Forky, you and I were talking about that during the break um, first of all you remember a couple of weeks back Greg Sankey said that you could expect an announcement sometime around the end of the month yep I don't think that's gonna happen not a, not a big announcement not not like like if, if you're sitting here going okay today is July 24th. One week from today is July 31st. That is the end of the month. No question that by next Friday afternoon at this time, we are going to have a definitive plan of what the college football season is going to look like in the Southeastern Conference. I don't think you're going to get that. There may be an announcement. They may put out a statement. Greg Sankey may do an interview with somebody where he says, Yeah, look, we're not ready to make a final determination. We feel like time is still on our side. We're going to proceed as if we are playing on Labor Day weekend, and we'll do what we've got to do. That wouldn't surprise me. But I don't think that by next week you're going to have some announcement where the SEC says, all right, here's the plan. We are going to play nine conference games. We are going to play one non-conference game against either a team from the Big 12 or the ACC The SEC championship game will be on this date, and we look forward to sending a representative to the college football playoff. If that's what you're hoping for, I don't think you're going to get it. Not in the next seven days. They really don't need to rush either, right? I was thinking about this earlier
2: today, and I mean... If they decide to delay the season, it's not like you need to announce it today or next Friday or the next Friday. The guys are already practicing, and a two- or three-week delay of the season to get everything together uh, wouldn't stop them from practicing either. So they're already doing everything that you're asking them to. And on top of that, it may give you a little time to figure things out once all the other students come back to campus, although the classes and stuff are going to look different as you – reminded me they're still gonna be in town and on campus so it gives them a little bit of time to also figure out how that's going to work but it's not like you need to make that call today what's two more weeks of conditioning and practice to these guys nothing really so it
0: stinks that we got to hurry up and wait but that's what we're doing I think it's more it's not as much about the teams because the teams are just going to they're just going to do their thing it's more about the fans at this point the people need to start getting an idea of hey am I going to be making these trips can I make these trips do I need to start asking for a refund for my tickets things like that I think it's that that's that's the the, the teams aren't really concerned that they'll, they'll get their timeline when they get it and they'll show up to play football when their games scheduled it's the the fan who is trying to find out if they're actually going to go to games this fall those are the people who are these announcements are, are that's who're really waiting on these announcements
1: yeah and I, I think that Hey, that on the surface, I agree with you. Yeah, it'd be nice, but I don't think they're worried about that.
0: No, no I, think, I, don't, the, the I think we're know. looking at
1: twenty-five to fifty percent capacity in the stadiums, and people love college football. And if they can get there, they're going to get there.
0: Yeah, one way or another. Well, you have a few you people know who's say that, going. You know then.
1: what? You
0: got to know who, what fans are going to be allowed to go. You know, there there might be somebody out there's like, hey, if I need to increase my donation a little bit. So I can get a little higher up the 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 pecking order right now. I can do that. So, the, so. those are the people. Those are the people who are being who are most affected right now by the the, the delays and these announcements.
1: Yeah. Look, I mean, undoubtedly, if we have limited stadium uh, limited stadium capacity, there are going to be some folks that have really hurt feelings. Well, I mean, I've been a season ticket holder for thirty seven years. What do you mean you I am not going to be part of the twenty percent that get to go? Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Uh I think I saw that the Atlanta Falcons were expecting ten to twenty thousand in the stadium and they are reaching out to season ticket holders and are asking them to rank the games in order of importance that they would like to attend. Yeah. And I, I mean I'm sure you got some joke there, Saints guy. No, 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 no. I was laughing at something else entirely. Oh. oh, I thought just that was your chance to take a shot at the Falcons. No, 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 no. Um, no. And, and, and then maybe they're going to say, the okay, these are the th- this is the number of season ticket holders that wants to go to a game. You know, let's try and slot. The, I, I don't know exactly what the process will be. But you're going to have a lot of people that, that they say, no, nah, I'm not going to do it this year. And so maybe some of the numbers will work out. Uh... So what are the roadblocks to coming back? Well, here's one. Michigan State's entire football team will quarantine or self-isolate for 14 days after a second staff member and one athlete tested positive for COVID-19. This is from Adam Rittenberg at ESPN. Michigan State paused workouts on Wednesday after a staff member tested positive for coronavirus. The school will conduct another round of surveillance testing before deciding whether to resume workouts. So they have two staff members and one player that have tested positive, and they are quarantining or self-isolating the entire team for two solid weeks.
2: If that's the policy, then we should just give up trying. Seriously. If one positive test, and I know it's, it's July, so maybe they're not willing to try to work around it or whatever, but if one positive result on your football team, shuts you down for two weeks, just end it. Just cancel the season. You shouldn't have
1: to quarantine for two weeks, It's so
2: stupid. So, I know they have a little bit more resources, but that's not going to happen in the NFL. If a player tests positive, they test the whole team, and if everybody else is negative, guess what? That player goes into isolation. You keep on pushing on. If a positive test infiltrates the Orlando bubble, they isolate that dude, and everybody else pushes on. Major League Soccer, when they went to Orlando for their bubble had a a bunch of positive tests to the point where people were worried about the event even going on because a bunch of people had tests, but guess what? They isolated them, tested everybody else. They were negative, so now they're playing soccer. Uh, Michigan State has the resources to test the, the entire team tomorrow. And if they're all negative, you practice. And then they have the resources to test them all again on Monday. And if they're all negative, you keep going. The fact that one negative test shuts a team down for two weeks not only is nonsense, but it's reason for you to not even play a season at all. If that's the protocol. And in fairness, it's it's three.
1: It's not one. I mean, it's it's an assistant coach or staff member on Wednesday, another one on Friday, and a player. So it's three as opposed to one. But yeah, I mean, I agree with you. You you can't do that. Just doesn't make any sense. I mean unless there's something that Michigan State is not telling us that it was the strength and conditioning coach and he was in the face of every single player while they were in the weight room and was not wearing a mask but look I meaning if if you're following the protocols and you're wearing masks and you're social distancing you're not going to have a full team outbreak because you got 3 guys put them in isolation test everybody and go on about your business and that that's, that's the thing okay so I had a friend text me the other day and said, What's gotta happen for college football to to be played this fall? And I said, Oh, I'm just playing with numbers here. But I'd say over a one month period, you know, July one to August one, July fifteen to August fifteen, August one to September one, whatever the just, you know, arbitrarily pick a time frame, that you need to see probably a fifty percent reduction in positive tests. And you need to have about a 14 day window of a downward trend in each state in the SEC footprint. And the counter was, well, why do you need to see a reduction in positive tests other than for perception? So it's a reasonable question because we're having positive test spikes, but death rates are staying flat. And then I said, here's the other thing that's got to happen you got to have 14 presidents. Dr. Keenum and Dr. Boyce included, who say, we're going to play football because we think it's okay to play football. And we don't really care what Dan Woken sorry, Dan Woken, or Pat Forty, or Pete Thamel, or little Stewie Mandel write and say that's bad about us. We don't care. Write whatever the hell you want to write. We're playing football. Deal with it and people will applaud them. Quick baseball note still scoreless in New York between the Braves and the Mets season opener. And we got a question on the SeaSpire text line just responded to. It. I missed it a minute ago when this uh, came through. The Braves had two players, two catchers who were showing symptoms of coronavirus but had tested negative. Neither Tyler Flowers nor Travis Diarno uh traveled with the Braves to New York for the season opener. Brian Snitker the manager said earlier today that uh they've been tested that they've tested negative for COVID-19 but did not travel uh because they had the symptoms. Said the team's being careful because we've had guys test negative and the next day they test positive. He's hoping that it's just a bad cold. Freddie Freeman and uh, Tookie Toussaint Toussaint or Toussaint. Toussaint I think Uh, are back with the team. They were on the opening day roster, and uh, Freddie Freeman started today. Toussaint did not. They had uh, tested positive at the start of summer camp. Neither Will Smith, who is a left-handed relief pitcher, nor uh, Pete Kozma, infielder, have returned following their positive tests. So... Alex Jackson was the starter today behind the dish for the uh, for the Braves. He's hitting in the 9-hole. Uh, William Contreras would be next in line at catcher. And uh, Jackson so far in the game today is 0-1. So a little, uh, little news for you there. Detroit and Cincinnati are the next game to get started. First pitch for that game is at 10 minutes after 5 o'clock Central Time. So we're doing the best guess thing. Some of you said – I mean, these were some – these were great. Keep politics out of sports. Can't do it. I mean, we're just – you can't keep politics out of anything at this point in time. We talked
2: about this, I think, on Monday, but basically what I said is if you want to consume sports this year at all, you're going to see it. You saw it in baseball last night. You've seen it in NASCAR recently. You saw it on the PGA Tour. They did a a moment of silence at 847 because that's how long – Um, that officer had his knee uh, on the neck of George Floyd. I mean, it's it's everywhere. It's going to happen in the NFL. It's already happening in the NBA. Your college football teams have likely already supported it. One of our texters is a Tennessee fan. They're planning on wearing black jerseys this year for that reason, to support Black Lives Matter and auction them off to support that. You will not be able to avoid it. So if you want to consume sports you're going to see that at some point. It's inevitable.
1: Yeah, I mean, your options are, are are really twofold if that really bothers you. You can not watch, which a lot of people are going to do. I mean, there are people who are going, you know what, I'm just going to do something else. I'm going to go fishing, I'm going to go hunting, I'm just going to hang out with my kids, I'm going to go on a rafting trip, whatever. And that's fine. That's your choice to do. The other thing you can do, though, if you hate it, I don't know, maybe there are three things. You can complain about it, but still watch. Or you can do like, hey, dad. You can just ignore it and watch the game. I mean, if, if you don't like exactly what the players are doing, but you like the team, okay, cheer for the team as opposed to individual players and don't invite the players over for dinner. Don't go have cocktails with them. Don't Don't have a cookout with them. Just enjoy your team for it being your team. And be thankful that after four and a half months without sports, we get stuff that we like. I don't know what else to tell you on that. Robin Grenada says, if you want positive tests to start going down, then the government will have to remove the bounty on positive tests. It's all about money. My 17-year-old son is going into his senior year. He has decided to leave band for hoops. He's 6'4". Yes! Yes! Nice. That was you. That's what you said, not me. You said yes. <laughs> I wasn't like your son wants to be a band player, be the best darn band player he can be. Wants to go play hoops. I hope he's been playing some along the way. He's not like picking up a basketball as a senior in high school for the very first time because six four is he better be a point guard or maybe a Give two. Maybe a two.
0: I'm about to say be a two.
2: Well, the Nuggets are rolling out of lineup now, or are not the? Yeah, it was Denver. Right, that throughout the lineup, that was all six foot nine or taller.
1: Yeah. Um, Doctor Dobbs texted in. He says, "Guess what? You're not a doctor. Stick to sports." Wait, I'm kidding. I don't know that that was Doctor Dobbs. <laughs> texted that in. Oh, I hope I didn't anger somebody by saying that. I'm just having fun with that. Feel a little
0: feisty hey. after a few days off, hey, Dad? Uh, didn't you have enough fun yesterday? Enough. Back to seriousness of sports. Oh, no, I don't know. Uh,
1: yeah, so uh, keep all politics out of sports. This guy says if I could choose one game, I want to see Lane Kiffin against Nick Saban.
2: Probably not in 2020. Yeah. Maybe save that for 2022. You would hope it would be a little bit more competitive by then.
1: No, no. I mean, you got to play the games. But you do,
2: and they have recently.
1: Yeah. I referenced earlier uh, Eyes Welling Up when I watched the uh, Baseball Is Back video, the, the Welcome Back Old Friend that John Hamm narrated. Mm-hmm. Brian in Clarksdale, Texas. There's no crying in baseball. <laughs> He's right. All right. We had questions about Fauci throwing out the first pitch. Was it the worst? Throw out the first pitch in the history of first pitches, honorary nah. first pitches. Nah.
2: In nah, fact, nah. it's not even the worst one that happened on that field.
0: You're going to 50 I mean, cent?
1: Uh,
2: John Wall. Well, on that field, John Wall's was way worse, if you can believe that.
0: 50 cents was way worse, too, yeah.
2: I guess
1: we do have to give a little bit of credence to the fact cent? that it's 80. I mean,
0: yeah. Say what? That is, I, I, just said, I just said 50 cent. I mean, like, come on, 50, 50 cent. 50?
2: Yeah. Oh, he's old. I mean, he's forty now, so it you know he's not not in touch with the. Yeah, but oh yeah, but
1: Fauci's eighty, so he's got to get a little bit of a break there.
2: Well, that yes. it, I mean, he's been an infectious disease doctor forever. I understand why people were making fun of it. I mean, my wife did, and she has never played team sports. She was a dancer growing up, and she could go out there and throw better than that. And she yeah. was laughing at him this morning, but I am perfectly fine with my five decade long head of infectious disease doctor not knowing really how to throw a baseball
1: i'm not not okay with that here's the thing it's an honor and the nationals were trying to honor the guy who's been working really hard for the last four months and is you know considered by many to be the foremost expert in infectious diseases in the united states if you can't throw a baseball, say thank
0: you for the offer, but maybe you could just have me wave to the cardboard cutouts. You say that. You go to football games and basketball games where they bring these students out of the stands to kick for tuition or shoot a three-pointer for tuition, and they can't do anything. You know, you say yes and try. We're going to kick a 15-yard field goal. You get a year's worth of tuition. The thing's doesn't even make it to the end zone.
1: Hey, Dad, if you were asked to throw out the first pitch in a Mississippi State baseball game and you knew that there was no chance that you could get the ball within a 25-foot radius of home plate, that when you let the ball go, it was going to end up somewhere... You're right-hander, correct? I am
0: right-handed, yes.
1: When you let the ball go, it's going to end up somewhere in the general direction of the third-base dugout and is going to get
0: there... At yeah, about the halfway point, but uh, do you know that when you're going out there? I mean,
1: did you watch you Fauci see? throw the ball last night? If he didn't know mean, that,
0: then he's not nearly as smart as people want to give him credit for. I was asked to throw out the first pitch at an MSU softball game, and I did the whole underhanded thing, and I was nervous. It's like, don't make an idiot of yourself, but I was respectable. So
1: that's not what I
0: asked. I, 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 mean, I, I think The personal there, story, yes. I appreciate that. I'm just saying, I didn't know where it was going to go. Yeah, but I mean,
1: you practiced, didn't you? No! I just showed up. You you did not grab a softball and try or or some ball and try and throw nah. it underhand before you were asked to make nah. an underhand first pitch? I did not. My goodness, you're about as not smart as Dr. Fauci then. You did know not want to at least know thing, what yeah. the
0: result was going to be similarly like? I felt like late. I was I could do it. I felt like I was athletic enough to make the throw. And I did. I made a, a decent enough throw. Did it, bounce? good O2 pitch. Uh, it bounced at the plate. It would have been a good 0-2 pitch. I, I would have gotten them to chase.
1: Do they have a radar gun on it, or do they use a sundial
0: <laughs> to see how long it took to get from, <laughs> I did, I didn't, from the circle I didn't, to the plate? I don't have the velocity numbers on that one, no. <sighs> Why were you asked to throw out the first pitch, by the way? Uh, back in the old podcasting days we used to do the uh, we did a we did a Van Studeman show she uh, she did a show for us and so they were like hey why don't you come throw out the first pitch and I was like sure I'll do it cool yeah,
1: it was I, yeah. I still have a hard time believing that if you knew you could not get the baseball within a 25 foot circle of anywhere around home plate that you'd be like, you know what, I'd love to do that.
0: Again, I Please. see people every week and during football who can't kick the football two yards sign up for that kick the field goal for tuition contest. People just they just, they just want to try. They want their moment of fame.
1: Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Borky, poll question. Should Fauci have thrown out the first pitch knowing he wasn't going to get it anywhere close to the plate last night? Yes or no? may have to work on the amount of words, but we'll do it. Good friend sends me a message. Ceasefire text line 601-879-4395. He said, it's ceremonial. Stand 10 feet from the catcher. You don't have to try to be Nolan Ryan.
0: There's that, too. It's a reasonably yeah, good point.
2: But, uh, you know, a... Uh, an adult man not being able to throw from the mound to home plate yeah, is also 80. embarrassing in and of itself. I'm not talking about Fauci. I'm not, I'm fine with him throwing it in the first base dugout. He's an infection. He's an old infectious disease doctor,
1: super nerd. Which is um, which is what Jason said. Did anyone expect Doctor Fauci to throw a good pitch? He's 80. He's a professional nerd. You do you, Doc. I don't care if the ball landed on the surface of the moon. That ain't his job. Yeah, I mean he's a he's a. I, I want him to be as
2: nerdy as possible. If he like was this athlete and this bro out here pounding beers and like throwing 90-mile-an-hour heaters from the left side on his first pitch, I'd be more concerned than him throwing it in the first-base dugout because he doesn't know how to do it.
1: All right, so for my money, you're, you're welcome to disagree if, if there's another one you can think of. But unquestionably for me, the greatest ceremonial first pitch – in the history of ceremonial first pitches, is when President Bush, shortly after 9-11, inside Yankee Stadium, towed the rubber, gave a thumbs up to the crowd, and delivered the strike of all strikes, like right over the heart of the plate.
0: That was a World Series game, right? It was Game yeah. 3 of the World Series. And he's wearing a bulletproof vest.
1: Underneath his yeah. jacket, yes. Yeah. All right, so two two parts of that story that stand out to me. One, apparently, or, or allegedly, standing in the dugout, Derek Jeter tells him, Mr. President, if you don't tow the rubber, they'll boo you. And you better throw a strike. Okay. But uh, I, I've heard that. all. I've always heard that. I was watching in the break a little Yankeeography, four minute encapsulation of that. And this is a part of that story that I had never heard before. They're interviewing Jim Joyce, who was an umpire for that game, and said a little bit before the game, we get a knock on our door, and a guy comes in, and he's Secret Service. And he tells us he's throwing out the first pitch. Now, the president's throwing out the first pitch, and we have to have a Secret Service agent on the field. And he said he proceeded to put on an umpire uniform. I never had heard that there was a Secret Service agent on the field with communications gear and guns tucked in every pocket imaginable that was standing on the field during the first pitch. And you guys heard that before? No idea. I, I'm watching the video now. I'm looking for him. It's it, it's unbelievable. He blends in with the rest of the... Say, Jim Joyce said, we looked at him, and he's got you know guns and walkie-talkies and an earpiece, and, what, and they were like, how are you going to hide all that stuff and try and blend in? He said, don't worry about it. It'll all go away. And they had a custom-made suit for him that he covered up and looked just like one of the umpires. Wow, that's cool. And then President Bush comes into the umpire's locker room and just hangs out for a few minutes before he goes out. C text line, they are secret service for a reason.
0: Good point. Yeah. It, it, They're not everybody uh, look-at-me uh, 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 service. Yeah, yeah, just real quick. You don't
1: have to always be well, actually, guy. What if they ask a crippled veteran or a child to throw the first pitch? It's an honor. Do the best you can. Yes, clearly I would feel differently about it. Yeah, Richard. But Dr. Anthony Fauci is not a crippled veteran or a child. He is a grown man who knows his athletic limitations (laughs) and did not have to go 60 feet, 6 inches from home plate and then let one sail that ended up in the first base dugout.
0: you You got me thinking about this. So, like, 50 cent, right? That's a... Young guy in his prime. it's oh, ridiculous. He takes them out. Inexcusable. He, he, he can't possibly think, I don't know how to do this. You know, you've watched a baseball game. You know, it's one thing, like I said, an 80 year old guy, and just gets away from me. Sure, I can buy into that. How does that happen? John Wall yeah. is more surprised. I mean, John Wall's a yes. professional
2: athlete, like at least He's an 50 athlete. cents a rapper, you know? Like maybe he just focused on music instead of playing sports. But John Wall's first pitch, considering what he does for a living, is the most yeah. embarrassing first pitch of all time.
1: No, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm with you. Um, Oh, boy, am I intrigued now. Mike sends us a message that says, I had secret a Secret Service agent in my kitchen when I cooked a meal for Barbara
0: Bush. Whoa. Mike, did you barbecue it or did you grill it? Oh, we had a a
2: debate with Mike earlier in the week. (laughs) He has been a a partner in two different restaurants, Richard. So there's a new layer to the Mike saga on this show. Hmm. And he disagreed. So Heydad and I thought that barbecue was a noun. Like you eat barbecue. You don't barbecue or go to a barbecue. You eat a specific thing. But Mike said it was both.
1: I got an email, by the way, from a guy who said that uh, the two of you were incredibly arrogant during that conversation and felt like you were talking down to listeners. Well, boo freaking who? I, I, I sent it back. I was like, uh, I'm on vacation. Sorry you were offended by the boys. What I would say. I'll to, I to you, you later were
0: in the way. If,
2: if you are a person,
0: if you are a person that believes barbecue to be a verb, I was talking down to you. But but here's the deal. What are we doing here? Well,
1: we what, what? It's just, what It just it matters. It's just where you're from, right? I mean, <laughs> Yankees go to barbecues. <laughs> Southerners what? go to cookouts. I'm
0: down to this guy. Oh my gosh! I, but th- this the, I hope I, you're not a Falcons fan, sir.
2: I'm replaying the conversation. Like we weren't talking down to any. We were just, you know, hey dad was more adamant than I was. I was more mind blown that Mike. But that's the really way the restaurant brand. Was that? What yeah. day?
1: Hold on, now I'll see if I can find the email I sent. Uh, it was Monday or Tuesday. We had see, this Mike, I think it was Monday. Mike was the guy yeah.
2: arguing with us the most, and he said he didn't feel that way. We
1: were just messing uh, around. Jeez, it was a message it. from Ray. This was uh, it came to me at five thirty on Tuesday. It said, "Y'all made a simple subject complex and sounded a little arrogant while doing it." Quote, people don't go to a barbecue, close quote. He said, Yes, they do. It's what everyone says. Is everyone wrong or are y'all wrong? I really do like your show, but well, never mind. Everyone's Ray, wrong, right? Everyone's you know, wrong. No, read that
2: last part unless it's inappropriate.
1: Uh no, I'm gonna skip on the last part. He was he was just asking to bring somebody back to the show.
2: Well, here's <laughs> the thing, man. If you are uh, personally offended by somebody having a different opinion than you about food, then maybe you shouldn't talk to anyone this, in society. This isn't
0: even an opinion about food. This is an opinion Jason about Jason
1: Flagstaff says, hey, Dad and Borky, talk down to everyone. Tell that pansy to get over it. <laughs> That's right. Nailed it. Uh, by the way, uh, Braves and Mets scoreless as they go to the bottom of the fifth inning. Tight one. Not to beat. One hit for Atlanta, two for the uh, Mets. Jacob, uh, I'm sorry, they are now through six scoreless. And Mike Soroka has been outstanding. Six innings, four hits, three strikeouts. Jacob DeGrom is done for the day. Five innings, one hit, one walk, and eight K-burgers. On the conversation we were having
2: a second ago, among the most powerful sports moments is that number one. I mean, without a doubt, is there anything that has happened in sports that I mean, we are 19 years later, still makes you feel something inside when you watch it like that does.
0: There's a few, but that's definitely in the top. That's in the pantheon. The one that that occurs to me right off the top of my head is I can't say what Big Poppy said, but right after the uh, the Boston Marathon. Ooh, yeah, yeah, that that's a that's a chill moment for sure. Whitney yeah. Houston's uh, National Anthem before the Super Bowl, stuff like that.
1: Yeah, the, the two most patriotic moments that I can come up with in the history of sports are Whitney Houston singing the National Anthem at Super Bowl twenty five while Go, uh, Gulf War one was going in Tampa. It is the most spectacular and effortless rendition of the National Anthem I've ever heard. And uh, but but the setting matters too, right? I mean, it's yeah. not just it was Whitney who was spectacular singing the national anthem. It was the backdrop of what was happening in our country. Yeah, back in a time when almost everybody was proud to be an American.
0: Mm. We had a moment like that in Starkville this past year where they had they honored the veteran during the game, and that guy was in the wheelchair. He stood up and walked mm-hmm. off the. Oh my God! I'm tearing up just thinking about it. It was incredible.
1: So yeah, but, but but for me the the two most powerful Whitney Houston singing the national anthem at Super Bowl 25 in Tampa. And that was ahead of what Giants Bills. Yeah. And then um, President Bush game 3 of the World Series October 2011 60,000 people at Yankee Stadium and with a bulletproof vest on and Apparently a Secret Service agent on the field in an umpire's uniform. No pressure, Mr. President. Boom,
0: through a pellet, through a seed.
1: Braves got a runner at third with two out in the top of the seventh inning, trying to break a scoreless tie with the Mets. Pitchers duel at uh, City Field. Sports Talk, Mississippi, ceasefire text line open 601 879 4395. If you want to be a part of the conversation, would love to hear from you on the ceasefire text line again 601 879 4395. So I finished that video during the break. Yeah. So the, the Jeter story is real. Both Derek Jeter and President Bush at the time, they were doing kind of a synopsis after the fact. President says he's warming up in a hitting tunnel underneath. He said, it didn't feel to me like the President of the United States could step out in that moment and not throw a good pitch. So he's getting loose with his bulletproof vest on. Derek Jeter pops in and says, uh, Mr. President, heard you're throwing out the first pitch. Are you going to stand in front of the mound, or are you going to stand on top of it? And he said, well, I figured I'd stand there at the base of the mound down in front. And Jeter says... I wouldn't do that, Mr. President. They'll boo you. He says, okay, I'll stand on top of the mound. And then Jeter walks out of the batting tunnel and turns back and looks over his head and says, and by the way, Mr. President, don't bounce it. They'll
0: boo you. (laughs) That's great.
1: You're talking about the leader of the free world. He says at that point the pressure skyrocketed.
0: (laughs) Most powerful man in America and George Bush sitting there right there at the same time. But yeah, at the same time. In that video, he looks so cool, like completely unfazed he, by the. I mean, yeah, he looks like he went out there knowing he was going to throw a strike, and then he did, and he was like, "eh, no biggie." Well, there they, they had
1: a writer on there. There was a journalist on there in this little mini documentary as well, and he said, "Um, I didn't vote for President Bush." He said, "But in that moment, he was my representative on that mound." Yeah. He said, and I've never felt that way before. He said he stood out there like a brick wall, gave the thumbs up, just soaked in the crowd, and said to the entire world, We're playing baseball, we're not going anywhere.
0: You have to wonder, and I, I don't know if that video you watch or whatever covers it, but when he got off the mound, he had to have like a, a big deep breath of like, Oh my god, I did it, you know? It had to happen. You would think. Certainly would think.
1: Uh, Reminder that Mississippi State and South Carolina played the first college football game after 9-11. It was pretty special. I remember that. Uh, Were you there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jackie Sherrill was still in. Didn't his daughter sing the national anthem that night?
0: She did. She did. Yeah.
1: I'm not doing this to be a
2: jerk. I just, I was nine. Um, What was it like going into a stadium, I mean, for the first, I mean, year after that? How different was it?
1: All right, so, hey, Dad, look, 9-11 was on a Tuesday. Yeah. And I think it was Wednesday or Thursday of that week when they announced that there would be no college football that weekend. Right. And I remember initially being furious. I was like, no, no. Terrorists can't take our college football away. But we, we, we just needed a little bit of time. And so it was a week and a half. Well, I guess it would have been 9 days after the attacks yep. on the World Trade Center and the Pentagon. Let
0: me get the day of that game. So you make sure that you Well, wrong. I mean it Pretty would have
1: sure been 9/11 plus 9 days, so it would have been the 20th. September 20th, 2011? Uh,
0: 2001. I'm sorry, 2001. Uh yeah, September 20th.
1: Cuz we only missed one week and then they took that game that everybody missed.
0: Yeah, so the and they rolled it is- to the only time in recent history that the Egg Bowl wasn't the last game of the season for State that,
1: Ole Miss. That, that, that's right. I don't remember who Mississippi State played. I mean, it was the first oh, week in that December.
0: Game? BYU. I
1: think they got hosed. Uh Ole Miss played Vanderbilt. Yeah. You had
0: How UCLA
1: against. There was a huge. Was it UCLA against Miami?
0: No, that was uh, 98, you're thinking of. That game got rescheduled for the... Uh, there was a hurricane. Okay. Like a, a real hurricane. Um
1: I, Borky, I don't... I, don't been, remi- it, I think people were ready to get back. They were looking for that escape from all the bad news, and, and all of the scenes were incredibly
0: patriotic. Two things. First off, it's been so long, and I've just gotten so used to having metal detectors and everything else at games now, that, that back then that was, you know, New, but I, I don't remember it being different. It's just it's all amalgamated in my head. I went to three straight football games that were the first game back at a state at a particular stadium. So I had to hear the speech of this is the first time we've gathered as the whatever family. I went to the, the game in Starkville. The next weekend I went to Gainesville for the first game at Florida, and the next the weekend after that I went to Auburn for the first game at Auburn <laughs> since that. So by the by the, the the third one I was just like, I've gathered three times already. We're, Let's just get this game going. So, whatever. Had some good football news in
1: the state of Mississippi. We will give you that when we continue in just a few minutes with the college football fix, plus some uh, SEC and National Power 5-type notes. It's coming up. Two hours in the books with you on this Friday. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm. <laughs> pitches. Soroka went six innings, gave up four hits, did not allow a run. He struck out three. Atlanta went to the bullpen in the bottom of the seventh inning. Chris Martin came in and on the third pitch he delivered. Joanna Cespedes went deep for the Mets, putting them on top. One to nothing with two out in the bottom of the seventh inning. That's where the game stands right now. So the Braves are going to have to get some offense going. They have not been able to do so so far against the combination of Jacob DeGrom, who went five innings and struck out eight, and Seth Lugo, is, who has come in out of the bullpen for the Mets and has struck out a couple in two innings. So that game right now, one to nothing, bottom of the seventh inning. Braves trailing uh, the Mets with two outs in the bottom of the seventh.
0: Sports you Talk crazy Mississippi.
1: Stat?
0: Yeah, tell it. Uh, Cespedes has a three-game home run streak, and the dates of those three games... May thirteenth, twenty eighteen, july twentieth, twenty eighteen, july twenty fourth,
1: twenty twenty. Injuries kept him out of everything in between? Evidently, or against the Braves? Yeah.
0: It just says a three game home run streak. Hmm. I mean he's been hurt. I wonder if it would be
1: three against the Braves or anyway. This is Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming online at supertalk.fm. C Spire text line is open to you, 601-879-4395 is the number. Again, 601-879-4395. If you want to be a part of the conversation, we'd love to hear from you. Want more fast and less furious? Switch to Gigabit C Spire Fiber and see what real Internet looks like. No data caps, no long-term contracts, no cancellation fees. Learn more online at cspire.com. Slash fiber. Time right now for the College Football Fix. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to BuyFordNow.com. Find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. You can get behind the wheel of one today at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Start out with a test drive. You're going to want to take it home with you. Again, visit your local Mississippi Ford. Ford dealer. First of all, this is not college football, but it is football. Adam Schefter from ESPN about nine minutes ago tweeted Players approved the NFL's plan per source. There is a deal. And so training camps are going to begin this weekend, right? For the Texans and somebody. And then next week in earnest.
2: Some teams have already started bringing guys in. In fact, there was a TV station in Tampa that uh, launched their helicopter to get an above view of Tom Brady walking into the Buccaneers' uh, COVID testing facility. That's how desperate (laughs) they are for Brady content down there. So, yeah, they've altered training camp a little bit, so they're going to have to do like three weeks of – Uh, workouts and acclimation and stuff like that before they start actually doing padded practices. But for all intents and purposes, they're starting training camp here in a few days, and we're going to be playing NFL football this fall.
1: Jake Thompson, who writes at the Oxford Eagle, tweeted this a second ago and kind of makes you smile. In roughly a month and a half, you will have Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NFL, the NHL, and possibly college football, all happening at the same time. Then he put a caveat in there. He said, if all goes according to plan.
2: Feels like the uh, the pro side of things anyway. It's College football is the only thing in hang-up, right? I mean, I would be shocked at this point if the NBA shuts it down or Major League Baseball just shuts it down or the NFL shuts it down. It feels like at this point they have enough protocols and whatnot in place to weather that kind of a storm if a handful of players on the saints test positive that they'll be able to push forward they've expanded the practice squads by a handful more guys i mean they're not stopping unless everybody gets it
1: so on the college football front the junior college football front good news if you are a juco football fan in the state of mississippi You remember the NJCAA decided to push their season nationally to the spring, but the representative from Mississippi for the Mississippi Association of Community Colleges chose to abstain from the vote, saying that they felt it was too early to make a final decision. Now the MACC has a plan in place. Instead of the nine-game season that we are accustomed to, there will be a six-game season that will begin on October 1st six division games, and then state playoffs. Now, Commissioner Steve Martin said that they have worked with the NJCAA throughout the decision process and will continue to evaluate the data on a day-to-day basis. He says, quote, We made a decision to delay the season, but we are going to consistently evaluate where we are and where we are in the state of Mississippi. If the NJCAA goes ahead and plays in the spring as they have planned to do so the 14 teams that make up the MACC will not be eligible for any bowl games or championships if a fall season takes place in Mississippi Martin has said that the plan is to going forward realign the MACC schedule with the NJCAA but the plan is to start playing on October 1st to play for six weeks division only games and then have a playoff that will end just ahead of Thanksgiving. It's fantastic news.
0: yeah clears up a lot of uh, questions we had about you know what are Juco players going to be able to do as far as you know having going to college going to you know the four-year universities and things like that. So now now there's going to be a season and looks like all those questions have been uh, have been answered. Wonder what this means for 2021.
2: What do you mean? And beyond? It just does this disrupt their uh, status? Uh,
1: I, I as- don't think so. I mean, you you, you read uh, News Mississippi's got the story. You can read it at newsms.fm if you want to read the entire story. But with the the comments from Commissioner Martin, he said that they plan to realign next year their schedule with the NJCAA. And to me, the important thing is to see that. The MACC has worked in conjunction with the National Junior College Athletic Association throughout this decision process. So they're not out just on an island all by themselves. They've said, we're going to do it. And it sounds like the only repercussion is no team from Mississippi will be eligible for postseason play if you have junior college football in other places in the spring. So congratulations. Somebody other than a team from the state of Mississippi has a chance to win a national championship. (laughs) It's true. They'll get a chance, finally. Yeah. Uh, So that's great news. And at the Power 5 level, the ACC appears to be looking at a 10-plus-1 scheduling model. And you can't help but wonder if that means the SEC will be doing something comparable. This story from Ben Kercheval at uh, CBS Sports. I think it was Ben that wrote this. I'm sorry. This was actually Dennis Dodd. Says that the ACC is considering an 11-game college football schedule with 10 conference games, including Notre Dame, and Notre Dame would actually have a chance to play for an ACC championship this year. ACC is considering partnering with Notre Dame as a quasi-league member, quasi-league member for this year only, with the idea that the Fighting Irish would factor into an 11-game schedule that would include 10 ACC games and one non-conference affair. Um, Notre Dame has a bowl partnership with the ACC, but in this scenario, the Irish could be eligible for the automatic berth into the college... Um, there's not an automatic berth into the college football playoff. I guess it would be into the one of the access bowls. Right, yes. Yeah.
2: Just poorly written, but point still stands. I mean, could you imagine Notre Dame for one season winning the ACC, taking their Orange Bowl bid, and then in 2021 going back to independent?
1: Strange year on a lot of fronts. Yeah. So ten conference games for the ACC plus one, so that would give them the opportunity to still have Florida State, Florida, Georgia Tech, Georgia, Clemson, South Carolina, and Kentucky, Louisville. And then the other ten schools in the ACC plus Notre Dame, so the other eleven schools in the ACC would play one additional game against somebody. Would that mean Mississippi State and NC State still try to play each other? Maybe. Sounds like Georgia and, or excuse me, Auburn and um, North Carolina. North Carolina still want to play each other. Georgia-Virginia probably would be a casualty in this, but maybe you just pair Virginia up with another SEC school that doesn't have one of those games already scheduled.
2: A M and Alabama are losing their marquee games, marquee non-conference games. Alabama against Southern Cal, Texas A&M against Colorado. That's right. So that would be an easy solution. Although it was reported last weekend that Alabama was going to play BYU to open the season.
1: Okay. I saw that Greg Byrne... Squashed the idea that Alabama and Notre Dame might play to open the year. That game is actually on the schedule for the future, but not going to happen this year, according to Greg Byrne. And it would make you wonder if those Big 12 matchups are still going to happen. Vanderbilt against Kansas State. Ole Miss against Baylor. It's like maybe there were a couple of others. Tennessee, Oklahoma. Tennessee, Oklahoma. That was another one. Braves have a runner at first. I believe that is Dansby Swanson with one out in the top of the eighth, trailing one nothing to the Mets. And the game that Cincinnati is playing in is about to get started as well. Detroit and Cincinnati just underway. Got a note on the C Spire text line said, don't forget about Texas and LSU out of the SEC Big 12 slate of games that's out there. So, that's a big one. Week two. That was a game last year where you looked and you're like, eh, I wish you might be something. You were a little concerned still about the defense. They gave up a bunch against Sam Ellinger in Texas in that game, but man, the offense was impressive. I rewatched that game a couple of weeks ago and had forgotten just how much fun it was. Uh, brave strand a runner. They got Dansby Swanson to second, and... Ronald Acuna struck out for the third time today. He is one for 4 with an infield single. So they are headed to the bottom of the eighth with the Mets leading 1-0 over the Braves. You have Detroit and Cincinnati underway in Cincy, headed to the bottom of the first scoreless. Next game up is Toronto at Tampa Bay, first pitch in about 20 minutes. Milwaukee is at the Cubs tonight, so that's at Wrigley at 6 on ESPN. And uh, the late start game tonight, Seattle at Houston is on MLB Network first pitch at ten after eight for that one. And then a big slate of games tomorrow in the uh, in the big leagues. So what is it? What did I say earlier? A quadruple header on Fox? I think yeah. that's right. Yeah. You have Brewers Cubs at noon on Fox. Pirates Cardinals is MLB Network tomorrow. Giants, Dodgers is at 310 on Fox. You have Yankees Nats at 615 tomorrow night on Fox, and then at FS1 has Diamondbacks Padres. So Fox slash FS1 with four games on TV tomorrow. Richard Cross, Michael Borkey, Brian Haydad with uh, with you. So when when you see that plan that is taking shape in the ACC 10 conference games plus one non-conference game they're they are rallying around a plan for 11 games do you believe that's what the SEC will do? do you think they'll go try to go 9 conference games plus one non-conference game? you think they'll try to play 10? If you remember,
2: see, my guess now is 9 plus 2. Because if you remember uh, the reporting in Sports Illustrated from Ross Dellinger last week was that 10 conference games was not a popular idea in the AD meeting. Right. And that, right. that's not something that they wanted to do. Now, maybe it's, well, guys, I don't care if you want it or don't want it. This is what we have to do. But if they can help it, what if you did 9-2? You preserved all of your major non-conference games, and then you could also avoid having to pay buyouts for some of your lesser games. Or just try to play your schedule as intact as possible. I don't know, but 10-1 seems ambitious. And I'm glad that the ACC is going to try to do that. And maybe just for continuity purposes, the SEC does the same thing to preserve those games. And, I mean, they're working together to try to start at the same time and things like that. So maybe they just do it because... That's what the other two are going to do. But I keep going back to the lack of popularity behind 10 SEC games in that meeting.
1: Yeah. You're maybe onto something. I'm, like I told you, I, I don't think that we're necessarily going to get a big announcement from the SEC before the end of next week. But I also don't think they're operating in a vacuum. I mean, they are constantly communicating with other leagues, the ACC and the Big 12 in particular. And they're not just commuting, uh, communicating with other leagues. At the college football level, they are communicating with PGA Tour, NASCAR, Major League Baseball, the NFL. Maybe the only group that was disappointed that the NFL agreed to not play a preseason game was college football. You think
2: they want to wait and see? I brought this up a few times. And of course, I mean, none of us have any answers until. Uh, they make a decision, but I wonder how much incentive there is for college football people to let the NFL go first.
1: Well, I mean, the incentive is let somebody else kind of be the guinea pig, right? Right.
2: That's what I mean. But I want, like, if, if that's something they're talking about, if they're thinking, you know what, man, hey, let's let the pros go first and, and we can learn from them, take what, what works, take what doesn't, be in contact with them and then remove the stigma away from playing football, even though who cares what people think, but still, let the NFL take that because there's less of that at play, and then you come in after. I wonder if they're thinking about that at all. They're thinking about it.
0: There's no question about that. They, 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 they probably would prefer that, to be totally honest. Just, and we, I think you and I talked about this. I don't think Richard was here for it. But, yeah, let the, the NFL go out there, and if they make mistakes – just write that down, okay? Let's not do that, you know. Let and the other thing with the NFL is obviously they have more money, which you know you think about college football, they have a ton of money, but the NFL dwarfs them, so that you know they're going to have the the best possible. You would think they're going to have the best possible practices for for everything, and so you know you're going to have to you know work around your limitations. And again, it's weird talking about college football having limitations, but but yes, I would definitely let the NFL provide me the blueprint s you know, for step one and two, and then you just play catch up the rest of the way.
1: There's like an out of body experience happening here. So I have a computer screen in front of me that I had ESPN and College Football Talk and a couple of other things pulled up. And somebody is manipulating, they're logging into this computer. They've like closed out the screen that I was looking at. And so it's like, I can't decide whether or not to mess with them or not. Because they've got control of the mouse, but so do I. And so it's like, uh, what happens if I just go and try and close out what they're doing? Is this Houston? It's got to be, yeah. I don't know how many you- people would actually have access to that. Oh, he must be listening because he just reopened. The- <laughs> he just reopened <laughs> the screen that I had up. <laughs> like a second ago, something popped up that was trying to do an update, and I closed it out. I was like, oh, don't do that in the middle of the radio show. <laughs> I'm gonna lose my computer screen. It's fine. Oh, if you want to be part of the conversation, you can on the C Spire text line. The number is 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. So let's say that Mississippi State, hey, Dad, plays... Let's go with Borky's model. Let's say it's 9 plus 2. Okay. They play 9 conference games. So that would be the addition of one conference game, you know, somebody from the East,
0: mm-hmm. and they probably, still play probably NC State. Play. So probably who they're playing next year? Yeah, maybe Vanderbilt. So. Maybe so. Wh- whoever. So good news. Good news for Mississippi State. Yeah.
1: Um. And they still play NC State. Would you think mm-hmm. that the 11th game would be somebody currently on the schedule,
0: or yeah, a game to, think, that is just added? I think they would try to keep Tulane if they could. Okay. Makes sense. Geographically, not a lot of travel involved. It's a G5 team, so they're getting a check, so you're helping them out. It may- makes sense.
1: In the case of Ole Miss, you would expect that they would try to keep Baylor. Yukon is looking pretty unlikely because anybody currently going to the state of Connecticut from one of the hotspot states has to quarantine for 14 days once they reenter enter. State of Connecticut, and so for UConn to come and play Ole Miss, they would theoretically have to quarantine for 14 days when they get back home. At least as things stand right now, so you would think that that one would go away. The other two non-conference games are Southeast Missouri State and Georgia
0: Southern. Hmm. Has well, Southeast Missouri, there, there being the S school, has their has their uh, conference canceled football? So many of them have at this point.
2: Not the SoCon; they're still trying to push forward.
0: I okay. know that. It just makes sense, though. They probably, if you're going to keep one of those teams, if you can keep them both, if you can keep one of them, I'm sorry, you probably want to keep the FCS team because not not that I don't think Ole Miss would beat Georgia Southern, but Georgia Southern's a pretty decent team. Why not yeah. keep the sure win? No, I agree. Wouldn't I the agree answer
2: be whichever one would cost less? Like, maybe. to buy out? Uh, like, you would rather buy out SEMO than Georgia Southern? I don't know maybe. what those
1: contract terms are.
0: I mean, you, you I might think, be onto something. I think money is going to be sort of... money's going to be an interesting factor in, in every in every decision that gets made. Because teams are going to be looking to save, but at the same time, you know, you, if you if they're going to have bowls and you're Ole Miss, better to keep the, the sure win, I would think. Yeah. No, I agree. And then there's He's the question his- about bowl season.
1: I mean, are the smaller bowl games going to be played or the bigger bowl games going to be played? College football playoffs, that going to happen? Does that vaccine arrive in October? Mm. If that answer is yes, I think the answer is yes to the bowl games. The, the, then giddy up. Sports Talk Mississippi, half an hour left with you on this Friday. official statement from the nfl the nfl clubs and the nfl players association approved an agreement that broadly resolves all outstanding issues relating to the opening of training camps and the start of the 2020 season training camps will begin as scheduled we have worked collaboratively to develop a comprehensive set of protocols designed to minimize risk for fans players and club and league personnel these plans have been guided by the medical directors of the nfl and the nfl pa and have been reviewed and endorsed by independent medical and public health experts, including the CDC and many state and local public health officials. The season will undoubtedly present new and additional challenges. We are committed to playing a safe and complete 2020 season, culminating with the Super Bowl. You guys want to clap again? Bravo. Let's yeah. beat the Braves one to nothing by the way. ah oh, wow bet it was thrilling <laughs> yeah maybe
2: hey hey jokes on me I've been watching scrimmage NBA basketball so you know what's worse
1: yeah Atlanta struck out 15 times in the games today so got uh, nothing going offensively. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Niles sends us a message on the Sports Talk Mississippi Twitter feed at Sports Talk MISS. I missed this. Maybe this happened while I was out last week. It says, Greg Sankey is on record as saying eight or ten conference games. He does not want an odd number of home and away, which actually makes a lot of sense.
2: Yeah, because you have to pick half the league to get, for lack of a better term, kind of screwed with their home schedule not being as big as others. I just... It may may be what they have to do, but seeing that 10 was so unpopular. And what do you do, though? Because if the ACC is going to a 10-plus-1, the Pac-12 has already decided to go just 10, 10 conference games. So when it comes to, and I know they're not really worried about this, but down the road, when things do get better, because I'm an optimist, and the college football playoff does happen as scheduled. Shouldn't you give precedent to an ACC team that played an additional game, presumably against a Power 5 opponent and then some over a Pac-12 team that played one fewer game? Hmm. For example, a 10-1 Clemson or an undefeated Oregon but clemson's one loss was to uh, virginia who's top 15 by 3 points. Clemson may not be the best example. They're going to run right through the ACC. Let me revise it.
1: Yeah, but I mean if you tell me uh, a, a one-loss clemson with an 11-game schedule or an undefeated oregon who played 10 pack 12 games, I'm taking oregon.
2: What about an 11 or 10 and 1 florida? Or a uh, Ten and Oregon. In Florida's one loss is one point in the cocktail party, although it won't be in Jacksonville.
1: <sighs> yeah, I mean I don't know the answer to that. Let the let the debates begin, right? I mean, you played a, uh, one more game. You know, strength of schedule matters. Who did you beat? How did you beat them? Who did you lose to? What did it look like when you lost to them? And remember, we got four spots available. I mean. If if Florida goes ten and one and then they go and they beat Alabama in the SEC championship game to get to eleven and one, are they you know versus Oregon going ten and zero and maybe they don't have a conference championship game, or maybe they beat a three loss Utah in the conference championship game? Yeah, probably probably Florida over Oregon in that scenario. Maybe
2: I just can't believe. I Think in that's hindsight. putting the cart
1: before the horse just a bit, though. Uh, of course, but it's a you know it's a sports show. Yeah, I know. I'm with you. <laughs>
2: uh, I, I'm still flabbergasted that the Big Ten made the decision when they did, now especially more than ever. I, we are going to look back because, again, Dude, I'm here's an optimist.
1: Here's a good one, Borky. Here's a good one. 10-1 Virginia Tech with a loss to Clemson or a 10-0 and o Oregon? And Oregon doesn't have the Ohio State game anymore. Remember
2: that. I mean, it's only Pac-12 teams.
1: Curtis says the answer is an expanded playoff for this year. Or permanently. That
2: would be a good that's idea. A, you know, it's apparently a far-fetched idea.
1: It, yeah, but it, it may, and and I didn't mean to derail your your comment, Mark. I just thought that was a good example when you were looking for one a second ago. Um, maybe that if it's not a level playing field across the board, you know, the Pac-12 plays ten games and the Big Ten plays ten games, but the ACC and the SEC play eleven games, and who knows what the Big Twelve does. Then maybe, say, in the conference champion from all five of those leagues gets in, and then you either take one more team and you give two teams a bye, or you take three more teams and yeah, everybody plays. I, I don't know. i got a lot that's got to happen to get to that point. I'm, I'm sorry, I derailed your comment. No, it's a a
2: it's you all go. right. It doesn't bother me one bit. Um, But how stupid. In hindsight, we're going to look back at how stupid of a decision it was for the Big Ten and the Pac-12 to jump the gun because – Months from now, we're going to see that the ACC and the SEC and the Big 12 waited, preserved their marquee non-conference games, played a season, gets precedent in the college football playoff, and like I said, preserved their marquee non-conference games. So instead of, even though the stadium wasn't going to be full or anything like that, getting Ohio State-Oregon, we get Ohio State-Illinois or something like that. That'll be great. And... The SEC and the ACC and the Big 12 will still have these marquee interconference matchups that will bring eyeballs to them. It's just, we're going to look back, it's going to be such a bad mistake from the Big 10 and the Pac-12 to jump the gun so early because the other three Power 5 conferences are clearly working together on a cohesive plan because all the resources are about the same
1: and we'll push forward. I'm generally not a big Stuart Mandel fan, but this is a pretty good tweet from him. He says, This week in college football, the Pac-12 reportedly is delaying the season until September 19th. Texas will allow 50,000 in the stands on September 5th. Texas Tech president suggests it would take 20% positives to cancel a game. An entire team had to quarantine for two weeks due to three positives. Nobody
0: in charge. He's not wrong. It's it's, all, it, it, it's it's always been a bit of organized chaos in, in college football, but now you're seeing what it looks like when it's disorganized chaos. Before we add a
2: commissioner, though, it, college football needs a restructuring. Uh, because uh, when you're making a, a decision like this one, I think it's good that the Power Five conferences made their own set of protocols because we know they can afford it. I mean, with all due respect to the Sun Belt, the Sun Belt could not have guaranteed – a financial commitment to testing and stuff in the same way that the SEC could. So if you have a commissioner that is making one decision for all of college football and they determine that, well, four of my conferences can't financially commit to the protocols that it takes for us to put on a season, so therefore all of you have to move your season to the spring, I think that would be kind of a disaster too. So having one decision-maker – for the power 5 I think would be far more important than having one decision maker for all of college football.
1: I think you're probably onto something there. And I know we I mean we've got to get through this that we're in right now, right? I mean just piece it together however you can, patchwork quilt. Yeah, you're playing conference games, maybe there's one other non-conference game. This This group's playing 9, this group's playing 10, this group's playing 11. You know, we got six games in, we had to pause for three weeks, and then we played two more games for everybody and had to shorten what the plans were. I mean, it's just get through it and play as much as you can this year. If you win the national championship, congratulations, you get rings. If you don't even go to a bowl game despite going 7-3, and sorry, that's just how it worked this year. We just got to play games. Well Richard that's not the most important thing. And I understand that like in the grand scheme of life it's not the most important thing, but yes we are a sports show and yes we're looking at it through the lens of sports and it's really really important for all of these major universities to play football because football generates revenue for everybody else. So if you don't want to see a bunch of other sports cut, you don't want to see, you know, some draconian measures taken in these athletics departments all over the country to try and scale back and just maintain Uh, some sort of financial feasibility at at all, then you got to play some football. As much of it as you possibly can so that you can get as much of that money from the television revenue as is possible as well. And it gives you a chance to hold on to your other sports. And it's a lift emotionally for all of us that like sports. It's a lift for those of us who are employed by sports. Kind of a big deal. Indeed. We're cheering for it. You want to say, guys, it's not the most important thing? We won't argue with you. But in our households, it is an important thing. It's how I put food on the table. Partially. It's how Borky and Haydad put food on the table. It's how Borky buys diapers these days. Sports. That's why we are championing it. That's why we get so excited, like I know many of you do, when it feels like there's a glimmer of hope. When the MHSAA says, yeah, we're going to play high school football, we're going to push it back a couple of weeks. When the Mississippi Association of Community Colleges say, yeah, we're only going to play a six-game regular season, but we are going to play. That's why we're hanging on the words of every one of these press releases or announcements that comes from conference commissioners.